Food is a gift and it's meant to not only nourish our bodies, which are also gifts, but give us energy to do the things that we need and want to do. Food is meant to bring us joy. Hey there, I'm Ashton Cope, a wife, daughter, sister, and mom obsessed with food, but more specifically, seasonal foods and the simple, peaceful lifestyle that comes with living more in tune with the seasons. For years, I've struggled with helping my picky eater to keep an open mind and create a healthy relationship with food, and through the struggle, I discovered that I was the problem. I overcame so many obstacles and figured out new strategies for the picky eater mealtime mayhem, and I'm so happy I get to share them with you. Get ready to be challenged and cheered on through this workshop slash coffee with a friend style show. This is the Eat Your Seasons podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be unveiling this new format um, and offering more education and inspiration and all of the things in between when it comes to seasonal living, seasonal eating, helping your kids be less picky, living a more natural life as a family without being like totally crunchy because to be frank, not all of us are like that, and that's okay. On a little bit of a more serious note, though, I want to start this episode by acknowledging how heavy and deep this topic can be that we're going to talk about today. I want to honor your experiences and your potential struggles or your trauma, and I want to tell you that I see you and I'm with you. It completely blows my mind that our world has made it so extremely hard for us to maintain healthy relationships in general, let alone with our bodies and how we fuel them. So because of all of that and my own experiences and my own struggles and struggles I've heard from friends and loved ones and women who I value and and love so much, this conversation is so important to me. So the other day I made a post I was kind of nervous about. I wanted to share my opinion, not to mention my personal experience about picky eating kids and where it can stem from. Since I am not, nor do I intend to become a nutritionist or a dietitian, I tend to proceed really cautiously on topics like this. And it's something that's held me back from sharing more in the past. Like, I feel like I'm not qualified to speak on it. But that just isn't the case. My qualifications come from my own experience as a human and a mother, a mom who tries new things and is constantly working to improve. We are always qualified to share our own experiences, especially when our aim is to help someone else who may be struggling in a similar way. So that's just a quick side tangent I needed to tell myself today and daily, and maybe you needed to hear that today too. Anyways, so I made this unpopular opinion post, doing air quotes, (laughs) and as I sat there on the edge of my seat waiting for the critics to come through, reminding me that I am a fraud and telling me how wrong I was, something else happened. Something pretty wonderful. Instead of the hyper-negative false scenario that I had concocted in my head after hitting post, I was instead met with gratitude and grace and 
even wholehearted agreement and acceptance. That blew my mind, honestly, because you really don't know how much of a community you truly have until you speak up about something that makes you a little nervous and uncomfortable. My mom recently started a new job and all of the training that she's been going through is a serious challenge for her. Thankfully, she's doing great now. I love you, mom. But um, the first couple weeks of training, as I'm sure you know if you've ever started a new job, is pretty much the worst part of the job is learning new skills and having to learn them really quickly. So lately, she and I had been talking a lot about growing pains, and not the kind that you get when you're a kid, but the kind when you hit a new season or a phase of life, and you're new to it. You're getting used to it, and you're trying to find your groove, but you're in the muck of it all currently. And as I transition to helping moms and families with their eating habits and routines, I'm feeling all the growing pains. So that's exactly where my post topic came from. So to finally tell you exactly what I posted, it was a reel of me lip syncing to that line from Office Space when Gary Cole's character says, yeah, I'm going to have to go ahead and disagree with you there. And on the reel, I put a quote that said, oh, my problem is my picky eater. And then the caption headline was unpopular opinion. Your picky eater isn't the problem. You are. And I went on to share my own experience with healing my own relationship with food and the five obstacles in my way that I needed to heal or improve on to help my extremely picky eater to become more open-minded with her food. So after being met with so much approval and comments like, where were you when I was raising my kids? I knew that this would be the perfect topic to dive deeper into on the podcast. This episode is brought to you by my ultimate meal searching guide. This free clickable guide offers all of the search terms you need to choose a quick, tasty, and healthy meal that you can whip together any night of the week. With keywords including vegan, keto, and dairy-free, even the most specific of palates and diets are sure to find something delicious. I want meal planning to be simple and painless, so my guide is downloadable right to your phone and finding the right meal is as easy as tapping the term that sounds best to you, and your Pinterest app will automatically open with the search results so you can scroll and choose. To download my free guide, you can head to ashtoncope.com slash search terms. That's A-S-H-T-I-N-C-O-P-E dot com slash search terms. Happy meal planning! So to start things off, I first want to share with you the five obstacles that I mentioned in my caption, and then I'm going to expand on them a little bit more. So to name the five, it's one, your own relationship with food, two, your language around food, three, your consistency in exposing your kids to all different types of food. And four, your meal planning and execution process. Finally, five, your mealtime routine. So one, your own relationship with food. There is so much shame around food and eating. Food is a gift and it's meant to not only nourish our bodies, which are also gifts, but give us energy to do the things that we need and want to do. Food is meant to bring us joy. 
There are so many happy occasions that food is delicately intertwined with. Family dinners, summer barbecues, wedding receptions, baby showers, coffee dates. The fact that we've been conditioned to feel shame around something that is so pure and so good just sucks, to be frank. So some practical ways that you can begin to heal your own relationship with food are practicing gratitude during meal and snack times, being mindful of how each food makes you feel, and then adjusting your diet accordingly, eat when you're hungry, and do not restrict yourself with heaps of guilt. And then my favorite one is to constantly remind yourself that you're caring for your body because you love it, not because you hate it. So reminisce on all of the beautiful things that your body has carried you through and done for you. And when you make the choice to treat yourself, celebrate it. Number two, your language around food. To caveat that last point, because of the way we've been conditioned, our own language around food can be really problematic and dangerous. There are all of these buzzwords now that create so much grief and turmoil inside of us, like clean, whole, processed, organic, real, junk, healthy, good, bad. If these terms are creating so much turmoil inside of us, how do you think our little minds are feeling while they watch us so closely make choices and speak on them? How do you think they feel when we express regret over the treat that we just shared with them? Mom's mad at herself for eating a cupcake. Should I feel that way too? You know, the way we speak to ourselves and to our food plays a huge role in our overall perception and behaviors around eating. So try really hard to reframe your thinking and swap out some of those toxic words for friendlier ones. For example, instead of junk food, you can say comfort food. Instead of healthy food, you can say energy or energizing food. All food is good food. I'm going to say that one again for the people in the back. All food is good food. So avoid labeling foods as good or bad and instead describe them for what they actually do. Like, do they give us energy or do they bring us comfort? And there is a time and a place for each type of food. So what does your body need right now? Number three, your consistency in exposing your kids to all different types of food. Be totally honest here. How often are you making different vegetables, offering new fruits and varying the types of food that you cook? How many ethnic foods have your littles been able to sample? Part of being a really busy parent that stinks the most is the monotony and vicious cycles that we fall into. We make the same meals over and over, offering the same foods over and over, giving in on the same fights so we don't have to deal with the arguing, the tantrums, and the stress. I'm speaking from total experience here. <laughs> it's a lot. It takes practice to build the habit of consistently exposing your kiddos to new and different foods. But I promise once you build the habit and it becomes second nature, the whole family will benefit from it. 
I know how hard it can be to keep changing things up and finding new recipes to try. So here are a few search terms that you can try out. Middle Eastern weeknight meals, Asian weeknight meals, Mediterranean weeknight meals. You can also search for what produce is in season and then plug one of them into your search term. For example, asparagus dinner ideas. Pinterest has a wealth of options. And if you know what to search for and how, you can find exactly what you want without too much option overload. If you'd like even more search term ideas to mix up your menu, you can grab my free downloadable guide of meal search terms. It's a clickable guide with dozens of search terms that take you straight to the search results on Pinterest so you can start scrolling away immediately. <laughs> to grab your copy, you can head to ashtoncope.com slash search terms. That's just a quick shameless plug. Number four, your meal planning and execution process. Do you plan your meals? <laughs> if you've been following me on Instagram for any length of time, you know how passionate I am about meal planning. It gets a little weird and sometimes borderline unhealthy. <laughs> meal planning, though, is your key to staying consistent. Consistency makes picky eaters more open-minded because they become accustomed to seeing and being exposed to new things and they know that the mealtime expectation is that they need to try it and they need to keep an open mind. I know that planning your meals takes a lot of prep time in the beginning and executing them is a whole different ballgame. But I have a really easy way to plan out your meals that doesn't take a ton of time and is super easy to follow through with. First off, to plan your meals, the easiest thing I've found is to plan protein first. Even with my seasonal eating lifestyle, protein first planning is the simplest way for me to quickly put together a week or a month's worth of meals in a calendar. To plan protein first, I will look at my planner or calendar, and in pencil or on Canva, I will write beef, chicken, pork, seafood, meatless, one in each square and alternating to my satisfaction. That way, when I know which veggies I want to incorporate into my meals, the search terms get really specific and I'm able to sift through the results really easily. So what I mean by this is I could search chicken dinner ideas, which is great, don't get me wrong, but to continue with my asparagus example from before, how much more specific and pared down is it to search chicken and asparagus meal ideas? Having that week or month at a glance to look at also helps me to see how many chicken meals to search for and then how many beef, pork, and so on. Now, following through is a lot less about how you plan and more about what you plan and for when. So what I mean by that is you need to make sure your plan perfectly coexists with your schedule for the week and that you allow yourself wiggle room. So making use of crockpot meals and sheet pan dinners on busy nights or planning in a takeout night or a fend for yourself night on the really chaotic days. In a future episode, I'm going to deep dive into my meal planning process and how I'm able to follow through with it so you can get even more tactical tips and um, advice on planning and executing your meals. But for now, that's just a little tip of the iceberg. If you're anything like me, you love a good bargain. 
I am relentless when it comes to tracking down any and every promo or discount code I can get my hands on. Before tapping the checkout button, I would always run a quick Google search for all the codes, which took me to those sketchy coupon websites, and I'd have to do one-by-one tests on each code. And by the time you're done, you have like 85 tabs open and no discounts. That was until I discovered Honey. Honey is a search engine extension that does the legwork of finding all of the discounts for you. You just install it to your web browser or your phone, and Honey will alert you of potential discount codes before you check out. It now takes me two clicks and less than a minute to run every possible promo code through a website, and I've even started to earn cash back on the things I'm already purchasing, like my Walmart grocery pickup orders. To join Honey and start saving money, you can head to ashtoncoteblog.com slash podcast for the referral code. Number five, your mealtime routine. This one, oh gosh, this one is so funny to me because I am terrible at routines. Like every time I try to create one, something inside me physically rejects it. I'm literally not even kidding. So this is coming from your friendly neighborhood Enneagram 7 who thrives on spontaneity and flexibility. My husband really has helped me here because he absolutely adores structure and he knows how much our girls need it. So while my spontaneity can come in handy when it comes to varying our meals frequently and never allowing us to get bored, his superpower is creating and sticking to routines. He knows how I can't feel boxed in, so our routine looks like keeping specific boundaries and expectations at dinner and eating in the same spot during the same window of time, usually between 6 and 7-ish, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and as much as possible during the weekend. On Wednesdays, the girls and I go to my parents for dinner so that I can watch Survivor with them when it's actually on. It is now over. Uh, But our boundaries are that they can talk and be silly within reason, but they have to stay seated and they need to make sure that their main focus is on their plates. However, our expectations are that they eat as much as possible of the items that they like. They try the things that they aren't familiar with at least once. And then rather than saying things like, I don't like it or it's gross, they need to say things along the lines of, it's not my favorite right now. Because they really can't say if they like it or not, being that it's a new flavor or a new texture. So afterward, we negotiate how much they'll eat before they can be finished. And this all may sound too strict for you. Or maybe it sounds too lenient. And that's totally, totally okay. But right now it's what's working for us. You know, I grew up as the least picky eater ever. I would literally eat whatever was put in front of me without complaint, no matter how much I didn't like it. And I would try everything at least once. I'm still that way for the most part. And now I'm going to get a little cliche here for a second, but I really do see food as an adventure. And it's exciting to learn about new foods that I've never heard of and where they came from and why they're cooked that way with not being able to travel a whole lot, having kids and pandemics and the cost and everything. Food is a little bit of traveling for me. That's the adventure of it. And as a kid, we would eat in the living room a lot and watch TV as a family. And because I wasn't very picky, if I didn't clean my plate, 
it wasn't a big deal because my parents knew that I would eat until I was full. They trusted me. My husband is also not a picky eater at all. But beyond that, he grew up in a really traditional English family in the UK where their expectation was you clean your plate, you show gratitude for the food you have since there are so many less fortunate than you. And if you wanted dessert after your dinner, it needed to be totally gone and you didn't need dessert every night. So with those two pretty different upbringings, both having really good foundations and it worked for each family. But now we have our own new family and we have two very unique and different girls to raise. The methods that we have pieced and parted together and figured out along the way are working pretty well so far. Our routine's pretty solid and my meal plans always have at least one meal that I know each girl will love. In a future episode, I'm going to dive into my two to one rule for picky eaters. This includes picky adults. To sum it up, I basically recommend for every one new food item in a meal, you should include two familiar favorites so that they feel more at ease and willing to give things a try. I'm going to, like I said, dive into that a little deeper in a future episode, but that's a little tidbit for you to give a try. Um, It works really well, especially if there's new vegetables you're wanting to cook or maybe something you like that the family isn't a huge fan of. Anyways. So because I'm not at all good with routine, this one took a lot of help from my husband. So rather than pull some bogus advice out of thin air, I will share with you exactly what he has helped me stick to. And then you can give these things a try if you're also struggling with mealtime routines. So first, pick a spot where your family will eat every single night. This can be at the dining table or the living room. The kids can be at their own table if you want, though I will say from all of the 90s TV specials that I saw growing up and from my own experience, kids do a lot better when their family eats together as a family, but I totally understand that each family's different, so always do what works best for you and your family. Next, decide on a time frame for dinner and stick to it. Our family typically eats between 6 and 7, and I try really hard to make sure that that happens every night. So this means starting dinner around 5 or 5.30 usually, and I found that involving the girls in setting the table helps them to get excited about mealtime as well as not fight me when it's time to finally sit down. Third, choose your mealtime boundaries. Are they allowed to get up and move around during dinner, or do you want them to sit still for the entire meal? What type of conversations are going to be acceptable and what aren't? Do you want them to avoid complaining about the meal or do you like them to speak more freely? That is all totally up to you. There is no judgment here and it's up to your family and whatever you decide on will be exactly what you all need. Finally, nail down your mealtime expectations. These are different from boundaries because they're more concrete and certain and they're less up for interpretation. So this looks like How much of their food will they be expected to eat before they can negotiate being full? What words are absolutely off limits at the table? Are they responsible for taking care of their own dish? Are they expected to thank whoever prepared the meal and ask to be excused? Those types of specific questions and answers can help you make up your expectations. So that is all I have for you today. What do you think of the new podcast format? 
If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so, so grateful if you could rate it and leave me a review. It helps more women like you find me and connect with me. And if you have any friends that you feel like could use these tips, be sure to share this episode with them. You'll be helping me by bringing my mission to life of helping moms raise more open-minded eaters and get out of their meal ruts. You'll be helping them by giving them five obstacles that they can overcome so that they can start encouraging more open-minded eaters. Hey friend, you've just finished another episode of the Eat Your Seasons podcast. I'm so thrilled and honored that you spent your precious time with me and I can't wait to serve you more and more each week. Is this show speaking your language? Be sure to leave a review so more moms like you can find me and tune in every single week. If you'd like even more meal spiration and seasonal living goodies, be sure to find me on Instagram at Ashton Cope, where I'm struggle bussing my way through reels and internet trends. For all the freebies and referral codes from today's sponsors, you can head on over to ashtoncopeblog.com slash podcast. See you there.